What a difference a couple of days makes in this league. Just 72 hours ago, the Raptors were coming off a six-game losing streak. Van Vliet was pulling up for bricks from all over the place. Scotty Barnes went from rookie of the year to getting clowned on. And this team didn't seem to have any semblance of half-court offense. Now, however, we're looking at the Raptors giving us a little bit of Christmas cheer. This team is starting to look like the two-way champs that Masai Ujiri envisioned. This is your Christmas Eve balling in the six. Point seven assists for Pascal. Drive, kick, Malachi gives it to OG. So what has happened over these last couple of games? How have the Raptors managed to seemingly turn its season and fans' optimism on its head? It's quite simple. They've gone back to basics, but they've added a ninth man to the rotation. That is, of course, the previously on this podcast clowned on Malachi Flynn, who is providing a foil for Van Vliet, whether he's on the court or whether it's giving him rest, that really allows the Raptors to shine. Essentially, Van Vliet has now become the shooting guard. He's become more of a catch-and-shoot player instead of always bringing the ball up. And, you know, in this team, he really struggles to create half-court offense with his height. And uh, as Varal has alluded to in previous episodes, his kind of knee deformation, his uh, lack of physicality, you know, it catches up with you. In the end, he is, as we said on previous podcast, he should not be that first playmaking option. That has gone back now to Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. And what happens when Pascal managed to turn up with 52 points at the Garden and he becomes, you know, only the sixth Raptors player ever to score north of 50? Is that it creates opportunities for others. So we had 52 from Siakam, 17 of 25 shooting, 16 free throws. But just look at the assist numbers as well. He managed to draw the attention that he managed to dime to his teammates, especially OG and Van Vliet, who put up 15 and 28 respectively. Taking the pressure off Van Vliet in terms of playmaking just helps the team that much more. And when you have Malachi Flynn coming on, who is a much quicker defender, much more athletic defender, and you know, if you look at his stats, he's not doing that much on the offensive end, but he's just doing enough. He's shooting around 40% from three, you know, and he's not he's not taking that many efforts a game. But the most important thing is his defensive effort and his ability to kind of just hold a fort when Van Vliet needs some minutes off. Van Vliet doesn't need to be playing 40 plus minutes a game. And also when they're both on the floor at the same time, it really allows Fred to kind of go in that catch and shoot vibe. And this thing will be needed. We've talked previously before about the Raptors' lack of height, but when you then come up against two quick guards, you know, you look at the likes of um, Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly, for example, in the Knicks, you need those matchups. You can't always have OG, however good a defender, defending the two. So we end up with a 113-106 win against the Knicks, breaking their eight-game winning streak, breaking the Raptors' six-game losing streak, And again, look at the numbers. The clue is always in the numbers with this team. 16 offensive rebounds compared to the Knicks, 9. 7 steals compared to the Knicks, 2. They're just 4 turnovers compared to the Knicks, 16. This team may not 
be a great half court offense team but if it grabs the boards if it crashes the boards if it manages to disrupt the opposition and get those fast break points it will always always be in with a fighting chance especially now when we have the likes of Siakam and Scotty Barnes as those main playmakers I think this team has got something and we saw it last night against the Cavaliers again a difficult team 22 and 12 really really looking excellent and guess what in a really, really comfortable night for Toronto, none of the Cavs starters or players in general managed to score over 20. It was remarkable, the effort. And I want to give a quick shout out to Bo Cruz, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, who has really been the starting big recently, at least since Coloco's become less trusted. And of course, Precious is still out. But what the Spaniard has managed to do is put in Draymond-like performances. Just very efficient, unselfish play. I mean, he only scored three points in the game, right? And there was a very early three in the first quarter. Three rebounds, one assist. And again, it doesn't look like much, but he was the highest plus-minus on the court, plus 17. He kind of brings that understanding of the game that we've alluded to again in previous episodes. And he's being utilised by Nick Nurse really effectively. Obviously, his bench role will come back and it'll be a very useful big off the bench once Precious returns. And another thing is the bounce back of Scotty Barnes. Now, of course, he's been really, really up and down this year. Some people have called it a sophomore slump. Some people have said it's blips since what what has been quite a good season. But, you know, I'd be inclined to kind of agree with the latter. It was only really against Philly and the Knicks where he, he struggled quite a lot. But I think guys will have off shooting nights and you want people like Barnes to take double digit shots which is what they're doing but if you look apart from those games it's 25 against the Cavs 17 against Golden State 26 against Brooklyn 27 against the Kings and you know he might have been outshined by Wagner and Banchero against the Magic but he's been delivering this year and his confidence whether it be playmaking uh, you know you have to look at 10 assists against the Kings and at least 3 or 4 in other games you know he's a very capable passer a very capable disher and again that adds to kind of Siakam's gravity and and brings up players like Fred as well Scotty Barnes is delivering and I don't think you know I know there was a couple of pieces won by Doug Smith and the Toronto Sun saying he needs to kind of step it up a lot I think his trajectory is fine at the minute it's not been an easy ride for the Raptors as a whole and it's unfair to expect a second year player to fix that on his own so he's doing all he can in terms of his role as still a young player on this team but let's go Let's go a little bit back. We've done the optimism now. What was wrong in that six-game losing streak? Obviously, last time we kind of covered the, the Magic games. But, you know, while the numbers don't look good, the Raptors did play well against the like of the Kings, who were doing extremely well. Brooklyn, who, of course, are, are rolling this season. The only one we might need to look at is Golden State. And I'm going to let Varal, who was live courtside at the game, to deliver his verdict. turned up to the Scotiabank Arena expecting the absolute best from this Toronto team. Steph was out, which was very, very selfish of him to injure himself when he knew I was coming to the stadium. He's probably did out of fear more than anything. He knew the criticism for myself would be too much to bear, so he just faked an injury. It's very, very selfish. Wiggs was also out, 
so I thought we had a very good chance against this Warriors team. Little did I know that I was going to be extremely wrong about that prediction. They smashed us from minute one to minute 48. When Draymond hit back to back to back threes at the start of the game, I knew I was in the matrix. This couldn't be real life. It's not possible. Siakam had a good game. Fred was aggressive early, but he kind of faded as the game went on. There's not much to say, really. Um, we had the worst seats in the house. It was the worst atmosphere of any game I've ever watched. Um, when I say any game that I've watched, I mean, you know, any sort of professional sports game. Um, in order to fill the dead, dead atmosphere in that arena, they were having to play music at every given opportunity and they were doing all these like dances in the middle of the floor. It was dead. Everything about it was dead. Um, but I still loved every second of it, despite despite <laughs> it sounded like I uh, absolutely hated my experience. The 20-point blowout, it was... Uh, well, actually, I think they made it 15 or so in the end, but they made it look pretty in the fourth quarter. This game wasn't close at any point. There's not really much else to say. Um, I won't be setting foot in the city of Toronto ever again because I know it will lead only to bitter, bitter disappointment. Um, I think they should demolish the Scotiabank Arena, honestly, after that horror show that, that I had to witness. Um, Scotty Barnes, I want him to play another sport. I don't think basketball is right for him. Um, and Pascal, Pascal, you keep doing your thing. You know, everyone else let the team down, but you were, you were good. You were pretty good. But everyone else was missing layups at the rim and uh, defending extremely poorly. So, <laughs> I think uh, Boston. Boston's going to be my team for this season. <laughs> you know, overall, we can look at this mini Raptors resurgence in a number of ways. Some would say that, really, Nick Nurse hasn't changed too much and it's simply been the return of players like OG and Gary Trent to the lineup, which provide shooting and defence that kind of just strengthen the Raptors as a whole, make the spacing better, you know, uh, you know, better players make better results. There's no argument about that. Some would say it's the kind of transfer of Fred's role from facilitator to kind of catch and shoot. And of course, he can still be a leader, he can still be a dimer, but less so. Some would say it's the return of Malachi Flynn to the rotation. You know, the guy who wasn't getting any minutes, much to the chagrin of his uh, father, who tends to post on a particular Facebook page. It's not Balling in the Six, of course. It's the Toronto Raptors Nation um, cussing out Nick Nurse for not giving his boy minutes. But, you know, he's been he's been delivering. He's been playing 20 plus minutes and he's been making of use of every one of those. And, you know, long may it continue, especially in those two guard lineups against those quicker opposition guards. But there is one word of warning, but also slight optimism in this next segment. The Raptors win games, as we've said time and time again, when they get more offensive rebounds, when they get more steals, when they force turnovers, and when they have to play as less, least half-court offense as possible. Yesterday's Cleveland game, they didn't do that, and I would put that down to an anomaly. I mean, we look at the stats um 11 offensive rebounds was fine but it wasn't that much more than the Cavs uh 18 turnovers that was four more than the Cavs and uh 10 steals which again was the was the same as the Cavs so 
The difference between it was that the Raptors shot 51% from three. This is a bad shooting team. We've been used to seeing them shoot under 30% for much of the season. And even when we talk about regress to the mean, it won't be much more than 33-35%. So we can't rely on those kind of nights every night. We got to rely on the strengths that this long boy team has. And they've got to carry on the next man up philosophy. You know, someone like Hernan Gomez, we've mentioned earlier, has been doing a brilliant job. But, you know, he was a free agent not in the league for a reason. You know, he can't carry this on consistently. You've got to look at players like Coloco. You've got to look at players like Thad Young, Boucher, to put in those quality minutes. Because this team, you know, you look at the all-star player, maybe a first-team NBA player in Siakam. You look at an all-NBA defensive player in OG. You look at a very solid guard now. He's not an all-star anymore, but a solid guard in Van Vliet and, of course, rookie of the year in Scotty Barnes. You've got four quality, quality players, but it's just that fifth guy, at least until Precious comes back, that will always always prove a weakness and always need to have that next man up adhering to the velocity. Anyway, on that note, to wish you some Christmas cheer and Raptors victories going into the new year. Before New Year's Eve, we have a difficult game. It's at home, at least, against the Clippers, then Memphis, then Phoenix. So that kind of Western Conference homestand will prove crucial still. And, you know, even if you win one and lose two, there's still questions being raised over the direction this team needs to take. But for now, of course, the kind of effort over the last two games has done some way to deflect any notion that these Raptors need to rebuild. This team can carry on. And remember last year, they were in a similarly precarious position and came right back at it. This has been Balling in the Six.